0: So my next interview is with Minnie Lane and Matthew O'Connor, and we talk about their new film, The Pickup Game, it uh, premiered at Hot Docs this year and had a fascinating conversation with Matthew and Minnie about uh, dating, about the pickup game, about relationships really is what we were really talking about. But but we got into things about uh, that, that, that sort of surrounded this idea of, of loneliness and, and love and fear, and something called a, a fake persona. And many talks a great deal about that. We we got into the objectification of women and, and, and about the theory behind dating and about relationships and what, what really this is all about. We talked about community and about value and self-worth and, and fear of rejection. This film is, is a fascinating film. You're going to want to see it. It's uh, it's disturbing on some levels to see what, uh, what degree to, people will go to, to, I guess, to get what they want and uh, to, uh, you know, what living on the edge of fear will really do. Uh, We talk about empathy and NLP and hypnosis and honesty and self-development, and and you're going to hear why bubble wrapping your heart is just really not a good idea. So stay tuned. Minnie Lane and Matthew O'Connor coming up talking about their new film, The Pickup Game. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my public speaking. You can purchase a book uh, there that, that I wrote a few years back called Real Change is Incremental. I'd I'd love it if you did that. Uh, and also, if you want to get behind the work we're doing here at Face to Face, you can do that and support us on patreon.com. A dollar a month, $5 a month goes a long way to offsetting some of the costs. And if you can't do that, and I totally understand uh, maybe leave an uh, leave a review for us on on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, share the podcast with your friends and family. You know. If you're a Facebook user, share it with a thousand of your closest friends. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Let's get word out on the street about face-to-face. And we're coming up on about 450 interviews. If you'd like to advertise here, you can do that. Uh, We've got quite a diverse uh, demographic. We get into a few different countries around the world. So reach out to us uh, on face-to-face-live.ca to to do that. And don't forget, rabble.ca as well. I'm also hosted on that platform Uh, Face to Face is there, along with uh, some other great podcasts, bloggers, writers, journalists, people uh, writing and talking about things that matter. That's rabble.ca, and stay tuned, coming right up, that's uh, with a conversation with Minnie Lane, Matthew O'Connor, and their new film, The Pickup Game. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by two very special guests here uh, with us today on Face to Face, uh, here to talk about their new film, The Pickup Game. We have Minnie Lane and Matthew O'Connor joining us today. Thanks to both of you thank you for having us so so uh matthew you're in can uh minnie you're in the uk i think i'm in toronto i understand Minnie, you're coming to toronto a bit of a whirlwind around the uh, the film uh matthew maybe you could just sort of give us a little bit of context about the pickup game uh what it's about for the listeners before we dive in and i've got lots of questions lots of questions
3: Okay, so I will, I will try and give a, as brief a summary as possible. Uh, the Pickup Game is essentially about the pickup industry, which um, for those people that don't know what that is, it is uh, essentially an industry of kind of gurus or sort of self-styled gurus. And they, they travel the world and they charge um, a fair amount of money to teach other men uh, they're all all of these most of these gurus are are males, and they they teach other men uh, a, a system that they say uh, will guarantee success with women. And it's something that most people have uh, heard about. And most people are kind of aware of or on the fringes of society, but they don't really understand what the belief systems of these people are. Um, how the industry works, the kind of things that they're teaching, and the documentary is is a is a very probing look into that world and into the the teachers that that teach this system, the students that uh, that come on these courses, and the women that get involved with with both of those groups.
0: So, so Matthew, I understand you're a co-director with your brother Barnaby. Tell, tell me how you guys were drawn to the to the film. What what was it was it a were you watching another documentary, uh, something on on on, uh, on on an interview program? You read an article. How did how did you step into this kind of crazy world?
3: Okay, so so really there were there were three things. The first thing was I'd, I'd always there was a book that was written about this um, ten years ago, back in no more than ten years ago, back in two thousand and five, um, called the game, and that was about um, essentially it was uh, uh, about five of these these pickup artists living in Hollywood, living in a big mansion altogether and, and, and their, their kind of experiences of going out and the kind of tactics and strategies that, that they would share and discuss. So I, would always been aware of, of it as a, as a kind of subculture. Um, but then about three or four years ago, I, I, I met, uh, a friend of mine who's, uh, she was an actress and I met her on a shoot and she was a conversation girl for one of these pickup companies. So basically what would happen is students would go to these seminars and they'd learn kind of the basics of conversation skills and then they would go and practice on her and she would give them feedback. Um, the idea is that most courses have got two elements. They've got a daytime element or a seminar element where people kind of sit in the classroom and they, they learn theory, if you will. And then there's a, a practical element where they actually go out into the, into the streets or the nightclubs or bars, and they, and they try and apply what they've learned. Um, and she was, and I just thought that was an incredibly, um, strange, interesting concept. Uh, and that was, that was really the seeds of the documentary. So then we, we started to approach people and we started emailing uh, a lot of people uh, that, that worked within the industry. And we were very. Uh, fortunate in many ways to get an interview with Ross Jeffries, who's the guy that's largely credited with starting the industry back in the 1980s. Um, and once we had that first interview, that managed to open a lot of other doors, and it, it, uh, because it gave us some credibility with with the other instructors, right. most of whom are very wary of the media. I would, I would, I would think so. It seems to me it's yeah. the kind of thing you don't
0: want layers peeled back on it's there's, yeah. there's there's uh you know being sort of mysterious i suppose is a real is a real strength in, in in this field minnie you you are a and 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 tell us you know what you're what you do and and how you stepped into the project but you're a is it fair to call you a dating coach is that is that a fair title
1: yeah, well, I work as a, a dating and personal development coach now, so the, it's really about personal development, but with the angle of um, helping you connect more with yourself and connect more with others, which leads to better dating as well. So I um, I started off um, in the pickup industry, which I, I joined by chance. Um, I met a pickup artist in a bar, and he tried to pick me up, and I just recognized what he did because I'd read the book, The Game and um, I was sort of fresh out of a, a degree in communication and psychology um, and was just sort of fascinated to meet somebody from this industry. And we had sort of a, a half-hour chat about um, about female psychology and then he invited me along to one of these boot camps to, to sort of see how it went on because he said it would be really good to have a, a female on the team. He'd never met a, a female that had anything to do with it, uh, that knew anything about it before. so. Yeah, originally I just went down out of fascination. I felt like I'd just been given a key into this weird underground world. Um and like Matt's friend, I started off as a conversation coach. So it was really just sort of intuitively helping people um with that side of things. Um and, you know, this this is a huge industry, so there's a whole spectrum of stuff that gets taught. And, you know, some of it is is helpful stuff, you know, helping people with conversation skills, body language, gain a bit of confidence. Um, you can be helping people to grow but then there's this other whole side of the industry um, which is quite manipulative and I, the, the longer I stayed there the more I saw this sort of not very nice treatment going on that starts with sort of small objectification of women and then quite quickly snowballs into some quite horrific treatment of women. Um, so I wasn't in the industry very long um, I sort of left and decided I wanted to do it my own way and, and as a female was found it quite easy to get private clients. Um yeah, so that was my route into it. And now I I teach something, you know, quite different. I've been in this industry for twelve years, so I've developed um my own way of doing things really, which is um off the back of a a, a deep um spiritual journey that I've been on myself really with on long meditation retreats, and um, things like that. I've been through a lot of psychotherapy, I've studied psychology. Um, yeah, so working out just a better way of doing things that doesn't involve any sort of lying or manipulating or creating a character that isn't really you, which is just completely unnecessary from my so, perspective
0: it's so it's so interesting that you talk about lying and, and Matthew, it's so funny when you're the phrase you you, you used earlier when you said they learn theory, if you will I mean mm. the, 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 it's just so absurd to me on a certain level and yet kind of makes sense on another because you know as you bring out so well in the film and by the way, Congratulations on the film. It's fascinating. It's it's engaging. It's uh, I hate to say it's entertaining, but it is. Um you know when when you're talking about a subject like this it just it, it's one of those it almost feels like an exposé in in a sense mm. but yet I think it's it's so much deeper than that. I mean we're talking about fear and loneliness and and, and co- confidence and 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 being able to relate to other human beings, you know? I mean that's I mean this is isn't this what life is really all about? But 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 what I was going to ask or say as Minnie and to Matthew, both of you, um, I mean, don't we all kind of on a certain level deceive others when we first meet them? Isn't that kind of what William Shakespeare, <laughs> said, you know, clothes make the man, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's about our appearances and, 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 and people don't really, it seems at least on the surface, if you're out at a club or you're dancing, they're more concerned about how you look and how you dance and, and what you're drinking, I suppose, than, mm-hmm. than maybe who you really are. But maybe maybe does, does there's a couple of questions embedded there does do you want to step into that either of you
1: uh, well I think um that's in a way one of the problems with the industry is is where is the line between it being mm. okay and just a mm-hmm. bit of fun and teasing and and just a bit of a game and it becoming something else and and it's not very clear um and you know when when my mum met my dad um my dad had sort of met her through a friend and really liked her, and then he he wanted to bump into her again, so he he found out where she was graduating and he sort of accidentally on purpose bumped into her outside where she was graduating, pretended it was just coincidence right. and you know used the opportunity to to go on a date with her. Is there anything wrong with that? No, absolutely not you know I, I don't think anybody would think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with walking up to a stranger um and and creating a conversation, a starting conversation, if your intentions are good. And how do you measure someone's intentions?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the difficulty, is that it's it's not necessarily the actions that are the problem, it's the intention behind them. What's the purpose of, of you saying this thing? You know, is it just a line to open up a conversation just because you didn't know how else to to break the ice? Or is it that your intention is to manipulate her and get her into bed you know, using psychological tricks, you know, because I to me that's something very different. And I, I think for me it's it's when the when there's a lot of deception about your intentions. So I think a lot of the game works by creating an atmosphere where a girl really feels that you've noticed something special about her or, or you know, where you've really chosen her and, and something is amazing about her to you. Um and I think that it sort of works because women then drop their guard I think a lot of women do have this this guard sort of protective guard up against men um you know rightly so in some cases because you know a lot of men unfortunately don't have very good intentions with women and a lot of women do get hurt and vice versa you know
0: well, mini, it's interesting, and Matthew, I'd love your insight on this too, because I'm sure there was an awful lot of aha moments for you, you you, and your brother as you were making this film and as you interviewed, uh, um, is it Ross Jeffries and so on? I mean, at one point, yeah. doesn't, he, doesn't he say at one point he feels like a war criminal? um for 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 some of the ways that he's treated women in particular but men also the 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 sort of the under, underlying deception of it all but i just wondered are are there seminars like this for for women or is this entirely a male dominated industry
3: i think the business oh, this is quite difficult to talk about in some ways because i feel that this this documentary is about the 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 pickup industry. I think there is a reverse business model, um, in that is aimed at women. Uh, I don't. I think a lot of pickup courses and a lot of pickup instructors. They kind of they in terms of their marketing, they're selling sex. Right. Okay. You know, fair, selling, fair enough. You know, sex and variety. I think I think there is a reverse business model for women. But in those instances, I think a lot of those um, coaches are selling love. You know, find Mister Right. Find the one. Achieve your perfectly well balanced life. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same type of messaging in reverse. But I, I do think what one of the fascinating things, and and I'm, you know, this might be a bit of a tangent, but I, I think the business model that is used in pickup to kind of get people in and to get people to invest in the lifestyle is something that once you notice it, you actually see it across a lot of different industries. Right.
0: Um yeah. so once yeah. once so in other words once you've learned how to define it or once once you can in other words you can't go back once you know what it is is that sort of what you're saying?
3: Uh so could you just
0: elaborate on that? Yeah, like so once you've made that definition, once you've had that aha moment and you go, oh, this is what's really going on. This is what this is really all about. You start to see other connections with, I don't know, lifestyle advertising, for for instance, or or maybe reality TV or, or, uh, you know, relational interactions in a, in a workplace and that kind of thing. Is that sort of what you mean?
3: Um, I mean, I'm talking specifically about the business model. Oh, ah, OK. Of- because, because some of these, I mean some, some people pay uh, a, a lot of money to go on these courses, you know, anything from two or three thousand dollars for a weekend to ten thousand dollars for a week. Now obviously you can't go up to someone and just say, "I want to spend ten thousand dollars and spend a week with me." You know that no one's going to buy into that. So as a as a, a kind of pickup instructor, the people that run these courses they have to get people to buy into the lifestyle. Right. And right. One of the things that the documentary goes into is well, how do you do that? You know, as, what is the business model behind getting people to invest in this idea and getting them to invest in this lifestyle before then asking them for the two thousand or the three thousand or the ten thousand dollar payment? Um, and I think once you understand that business model, you actually that business model is quite common. It's not. It's not. Contained to the pickup industry, it it, it it's used in, in a lot of online businesses. Um,
1: it's, it's sales model essentially. It's it's teaching. Yeah. they become very very good salesmen, and you know it's no coincidence that they also become very good salesmen of themselves. Um, because when do you need a good salesman? It's when your product isn't as good as you're making it out to be. That's mm. when you need a good sales package. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's exactly what's happening. You know, they're they're selling themselves as as being these you know high value males and mm. actually they're not at all because they're not really even being themselves it's it's sort of fake persona that they've developed this sort of alpha male character that they're playing and it's not really real and actually they don't have good connection in their life yes they they get a lot of sex but to the detriment of of their own health actually because they end up lonely and I've seen it happen time and time again I've seen many people in this industry have real breakdowns um because you're you're not it's not sustainable you know you're not letting someone see your real self
0: yeah, so Minnie, I've, it's fascinating, and I, this is why I love uh, documentary film because any great doc always works—you know—works on so so many different levels. But a couple couple thoughts I want to toss out, and love to go go wherever you want to go. But you know, is the and this question's for both of you for sure. But you know, is it love? Is it loneliness? Is it money? I mean, of those three things, what what really is driving the industry? And then and then to your point, Minnie, I I'm not convinced these 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 um, I'm going to call them salespeople because. I don't want to call them much else, but anyway, these salespeople uh, are they really as successful as they say they are? You know, I mean, is that like the deception goes really deep? And I think you pull that out in the film really well, Matthew, on the the way they'll stand on a corner for hours with a with a camera on them just to, just to get that one right interaction, you know, that they can then go and exploit, you know, for 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 their own purposes.
1: Well, yeah, I think it, de- it depends how you're measuring success. If you're measuring it in terms of money and status within the industry or within their peers and stuff like that, um, then, yes, they are successful. But, you know, success in a sense, because if you look at how the model works, it's a bit like a sort of pyramid scheme in a way, where mm-hmm. the, the entire the entire thing is being funded by the students. So people people come in from the bottom as students. They learn the skills, and then they start teaching the skills. And then mm-hmm. they have to suck in a load of people underneath them so it's it's all sort of it's all being propped up by itself and it could just collapse at any one time, you know, it's they it's especially the status thing, I, I think that's when it gets really, really dangerous is is that um it because there are no females in this industry in, in the real pickup schools, um, it's like male bravado which sort of breeds itself and it's like an inbreeding of male ego and Mm. testosterone that creates this horrible atmosphere um where people and you know you see in the in the documentary it's, it's not even just um bad treatment of women it's also people being racist and just horrendous stuff going on
0: oh absolutely yeah i mean we're talking about underlying not even just underlying tones of racism and misogyny but it's it's pretty in your face i mean i love one of the phrases and i think it was eric who said it you know uh the the transactional approach is just so so fundamentally disturbing you know Mm -hmm. and i suppose we we do treat some other human beings like transactions from time to time you know if i i guess if i go to the get my tires changed uh, i just go to get my tires changed i'm not hanging Mm. out with the guy i'm not having a coffee and a smoke with the guy afterwards to get to know him and his family so so you but but i mean it's it's as if there's there's another line another moral another ethical line that some of these guys have crossed but i think eric's line was something about you know meet the objectives and of each phase and and then you get the girl you know Mm. like as if wow it's like here's these six points follow these and, and and you're done You know,
3: it's just it's 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 kind of um, it's unsettling at best, actually. Well, I think also just to kind of build on one of the earlier points of, you know, how honest is everybody when they meet? We are bombarded with messages, and this is something that Minnie and I have talked about a lot because obviously we've had conversations behind the making of this and. you know we are bombarded every day with messages of be something else be better sure it, it's almost part of the human condition of like if I can just get to this stage I will be happy life will be um life will be easy and straightforward and and I think that a lot of a lot of this plays into that a lot of the pickup industry plays into that of if you can just become the alpha male if you can just you know, become it's it's about becoming something else, and I think what I like so much about what Minnie is trying to communicate, and this is really why she's such a big part of the documentary, is is this idea of you know we we already do have a lot of value. Um, I remember during the Q and As, I, I, and I'm not sure I really like value as a word to describe people, but but just to try and kind of get the when when we did the Q and As, there were people kind of saying, well, well, these guys seem they don't seem that unusual, you know, the, the, as in the students, they were talking about the students and they were saying, I imagine the students would be much more socially awkward, much more needy uh, and nerdy mm. and geeky. And it's like, and actually they, they, they seem fairly, and, and part of that is they don't understand that they're fine already. Right, You know, what, right. They, they have a sense of inadequacy and a sense of insecurity. Um, and with many of them, I, I, I would obviously spend a lot of time um, around these people and around the, the kind of seminars, and, and I just think you don't need your 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 per, your you know you don't need any of this. You have it in your head that you do, but you don't. Um, and I think yeah. what Minnie does with a lot of her teaching is she tries to make, and, and maybe maybe she, maybe she could elaborate on this better than I can. But she tries to make men understand that you know that's kind of where she's going with it is
1: yeah it's it's about trying to to find and remove the blocks that are actually stopping someone from being naturally confident um you know i'm i'm of the belief that that people aren't born uh, riddled with self doubt and scared to speak to people and you know lacking confidence i think these are these are things that that we're conditioned mm-hmm. um that are conditioned into us throughout life so you know if you've got a a huge fear of rejection that's stopping you from going to speak to a woman or to speak to anybody sometimes um you know then you can you can deal with that you can actually process that but it but the answer is not to learn how to be somebody else and be that person instead um essentially that's what the pickup industry does it's like it's like teaching somebody to be a really good actor so they, they feel they can feel confident playing that role um but that's that's no good because then you're only confident playing that role, and then you you still feel like this low self worth person underneath. Um, so you need to get to that low self worth person underneath and help them develop their self worth from the inside. It's it's really the only way to improve somebody's life in the long run. It's
0: it's about it's about being comfortable in your own skin to some degree. I mean, it, absolutely. And, and and how do we get there? And I think the irony is some of us who who might you know, struggle with, you know, anxiety, social anxiety, fear of others, confidence, et cetera. The the only way to get better at it, I don't know if you'd agree with this many, is by practicing it, is by getting out there, is by taking some risks and, and, and yeah. talking to people more often than not.
1: Yeah. You've got you've got to put yourself into situations and it's not it's not just with, with dating, you know, in any area of, of That's life. Right. You know, I was I was very scared for example, to step out on a stage a couple of weeks ago and do a and A to 400 people with questions <laughs> that I didn't know I was going to be asked. You that's know? right. But, but I I understand that the nerves that I feel that that's just that's just fine. It's because there's something in me that that associates that with danger, and so I just have to know that actually it's not dangerous, and that you know even the worst case scenario I'm going to be okay. And and actually the process of doing that is helping me heal on the inside. Um, so I'm quite keen to throw myself into things that are pu- that are pushing me like that because I know I like to live on the edge of fear and, mm. and and that's that's how we grow. You know, if you want to grow as a person, which we all should, because if we don't grow, then we get stuck and we get down and depressed, and that doesn't feel good either. That's a different type of pain. Um, so if we want to grow into our fully realized selves then we have to keep pushing ourselves outside of our current comfort zone and into discomfort and then we have to learn to become comfortable there and that's just what we need to do in all areas of life to just become and develop into our best selves and that can be an enjoyable process when you sort of open up to it
0: well i think you know what's so interesting to me matthew is that you guys have really touched on a a a deep existential i think existential problem with with our culture with being with being human i suppose all the things that we all the things that we do to to not be human, right? Yeah. The things yeah. that we that we actually need empathy, uh, concern, care for others, uh, the ability to love, the ability to be intimate in different situations, the ability not to offend—all those things—and yet so many of us aren't equipped. Or, 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 and I don't know—is that about our upbringing? Is that because we didn't, you know, go to Sunday school more often? We didn't read a lot of books. Like, I mean, what what are we talking about here? You know, I think that's what's so uh, brilliant about the film. Love to know, Matthew, um, how many times did you shut off the camera and just go, holy smokes, I can't believe what these guys just said or, or I can't believe what we just captured here? Is, were, were there a lot of moments like that?
3: Uh, there were more than I can remember, to be honest. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, mean, and, I and, bet. And, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of stuff that isn't in the film as well. Um, oh, I bet. That, I bet, yeah. That was extremely compelling. Um, and would have made for you know great documentary or, or part of, the, uh, but but this is one of the things with with Barnaby my, my co-director and my brother is is you know that process of trying to figure out okay what do we what you're trying to do essentially is you can't cover everything so you're trying to kind of capture in essence what this is about you know and how this operates um, but there was there was so many I mean I think I think the um, there was definitely in the early days. Because I, I, we'd, we'd kind of, you know, we'd gone to New York and we were doing interviews with people on the street, and we were waiting for an interview with Justin Wayne, um, who's, who's featured quite heavily in the documentary, and um, but we were, we were kind of treading water around that, around that interview. Um and we didn't we didn't really have much material we had um some, some street interviews with New Yorkers talking about dating and and a couple of other um people that had written books on dating but then I remember meeting Justin and coming away from that thinking i i cannot believe we you know that we've just got that I can't believe we've got uh, we've just had that conversation and 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 that was repeated a lot i mean once you once you get into it more and more and more um and also, I mean, there was there was also some. It's it's trying to find the balance of, because there's a lot. I think there's a lot of shocking material in the documentary, but but you've got to. I, in the early cuts that we did, um, I remember our exec producer kind of saying, "Look, this is too much. You know, people are mm. not going to be able to handle this. You have to dial it down a tiny bit." Um, Sorry, yeah, yeah, did you guys talk
0: at all about uh, um, Tom Cruise's role in Magnolia? Did that come up while you were
3: uh, making the film, or Pope the, the Frank Mackey character? You guys remember? Yes. That? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which I actually personally think is Tom Cruise's best role ever by uh, a, a huge margin. I, it, I I really really like how he plays that character. We we did try because that character is based on Ross Jeffries. Oh, okay, good. Who's, yeah. who's in the documentary? Right, of course. Uh, yeah, and very closely based on Ross Jeffries, actually. Um, although Tom Cruise kind of took it, he took he took the sort of manner. He made him much more um, a, a kind of Atlas type character, you know, with the armbands and the long hair. And, and whereas that's not really how Ross Jeffries is as a person, but a lot of the stuff that he talks about in that scene in Magnolia, where he's teaching um, his I can't remember what it's called, like Super Seduction School or whatever. A, a lot of the, that material is is based on. On um, stuff that Ross Jeffries wrote or or said, or and we we did try to get the rights to feature that clip. Oh, okay. Yeah, from New Line, I think it's New Line Cinema, but. you know, for whatever reason, they, they they declined. But but I would have liked to put that in, but it, in the end, it didn't make it in. But yes, well, I'm very I, aware of that.
0: I remember seeing the film, and and you you watch the scene or the scenes with him, and you watch his journey and so on, and just the whole film and how it's all tied together. It's, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense up front, but you got to wait for the the last 15 or 20 minutes to really start to see the threads connecting. But yeah. watching his character, I remember. I put, you just go okay please tell me that people like that don't actually exist right <laughs> like this this can't this can't be true like who who does this resonate with like it, can't you see through that you know you just want to shake somebody and go please you're you're paying how much to be here you know, uh, it's, Minnie, can you talk a bit about that, 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 that I don't know what it is, but that self-denial or that, you know, I think it was Ross Jeffries again earlier on in the film who talked about, you know, for him, there was no emotional register when he was working yeah. through some of this. I just, it's, is it's, it's almost pathological. Like, I, I mean, I, and two, I've got so many questions here, but Matthew too, as you were interviewing some of these guys, did, were there ever aha moments I've got a few questions embedded there. One for you, Minnie. One for Matthew. I know we're on a Skype call here, but but either one of you dive in. Um, it's just it's fascinating to me that there aren't more aha moments where 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 somebody like uh, what was his name Julian or somebody like that goes, "Holy smokes! can you did you just hear what came out of my mouth? You, you know what I mean?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, well, I think it's actually really interesting that these people kn- know that they're being filmed you know and and some of the the footage is is actually was actually given to Matt to use um, which is interesting so it's it shows like how far in this journey they are and that, that they actually think that's going to show them in a good light um, but unfortunately it does to some people and i think we've we've got to sort of understand where the, where the students are coming from in that sense, because the, you know this whole industry was started by somebody who Ross Jeffries, who was so unsuccessful with women that he had to resort to NLP and hypnosis to sort of get any results at all. And you know it, it seems strange that people would go to somebody like that for advice um, rather than asking somebody who's actually very good with women. Um, and I think it's because people who are very good with women they will they will just tell people to be themselves um, which is the truth, you know, that is what you've got to do if you if you want to be successful and actually have somebody attract somebody who's right for you but that's not very helpful to somebody who is, feels like they're being themselves already and isn't getting any results because they don't really realise that they need to go on this journey of self-development to become their true self that actually they're, they're a sort of Imprisoned version of themselves so at would, the
0: moment. So, Minnie, Minnie, would would you say? And hey, Matthew, are you back with us? I am. Oh, that's yeah. amazing! You got to love it when technology works. I, I'm watching here. <laughs> I see you drop off the call, and I'm like, oh, terrific! Yes. We're gonna have to dial <laughs> no, him back <laughs> in. Yeah, no, yeah. The the nuances of digital relationships,
3: eh?
0: <laughs> uh, um, Minnie, would you would you say some of these instructors or most of these instructors don't know who they really are? In other words, they're avoiding their true selves, as like a you know a French existentialist like Camus or Sartre or somebody would say, or yes, absolutely. or or might you say they actually do know themselves and they still choose to exploit others for their own good? I just no, no. okay no
1: I, no I really really don't think that's that's possible. I think when you go on a real journey of self development and you start uncovering the layers um you start to have realizations that you know things like honesty and treating people well is is nicer and um i mean it's it's quite difficult to explain because a lot of my a lot of my understanding has has come from you know doing thousands of hours of meditating and mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's it's you have realizations when you when you sit and study your body and and pain and how things work you just you just notice patterns over time of what's going on and and things just become very very clear and it's quite difficult to sort of explain that in a, in a few paragraphs. Um, obviously, otherwise, you know, because if you could really understand that through someone explaining it quickly, nobody would go and meditate for a thousand hours. You really sort of have to go on that journey yourself. Um, but no, it's it's very clear to me that they're avoiding themselves, and they they create they start to create an egoic character. So they start to sort of act like this alpha male character. And then what happens is that they get rewarded by that. Mm. So they that behaviour that's not really them then gets them some women and gets them some respect of other men. And so that, it, that what happens is they they they're doing the process of growth, you know, pushing themselves into discomfort and growing into it. But they're doing it in the wrong direction. They're they're doing it into a they're developing a character rather than developing themselves. And I, I don't think they understand that. Um, well, or I think sometimes people do start to understand that after a long time you know like um Paul Jenker did you know after a while he sort of realized oh I've become so cut off because you know the more you develop a character that's not really you the more you lose the connection with your true self and your real feelings and then you start to become feelingless."
0: well there's a Um, and and I think there's a real temptation to be so to 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 watch this film and and to just be so cynical about about the other, about humanity, and say, well, and particularly mm-hmm. men, I suppose, and say, "Wow, there is no hope, but I again, Matthew Barnaby, I love that fact that you guys draw uh, at least i I thought that that there there is hope that that people do have aha moments that people do grow, and as you say, many develop you know self develop and so on but but there's a part of me that wonders about a few of these guys if there's any hope for them at all
3: well i think I think some some people become lifers you know and i mm. think the journey back from that is is maybe too long and too difficult i don't know or maybe it isn't you know i mean but but i i think it is it is really important to, that there is a hopeful element to this film um and i think also what we've tried very hard to do is is have a compassionate element as well in the sense of trying to look at okay why do people get involved in this you know, and that's and that's really what we're trying to do now in terms of the broader conversation around right. the film right is you know we've had um shaming campaigns of the pickup industry we've had um a lot has been written about them um, a lot has been and 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 that hasn't really changed things that much I don't think um and i suppose what we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of for for this documentary is trying to kind of reach out to the student and go, look, we understand why you might feel the way you do, but just be very careful about getting involved in this lifestyle and this subculture because these are the potential traps. And I think what's very, very difficult is some of what is said is actually... I mean, there's a, for example, I, I was watching a YouTube video with, with one of the instructors as we're making it, and one of his, and so it's kind of a how-to video, and one of the points is, okay, point number one, you must be comfortable with yourself. Right. Now, the thing is, no, one, no one's going to argue with that. You know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with saying that as a piece of advice. The problem is, it's all the other bits of advice that get tacked onto that. Right. And, and it becomes, Minnie's used this expression quite a few times, but it becomes a very slippery slope of okay, well, this, this bit of advice sounds quite reasonable. And as a result, there's a, there's a kind of tendency or there's a possibility of believing, well, so, so is all the other advice. And especially when you're seeing it there and they've kind of crafted this this, this very successful image on social media and they've, they're presenting uh, their life as a life that you want. You know as somebody who's shy and socially awkward and maybe struggles to, to meet people or struggles with dating and I think I think that's what makes it so difficult is is oh did we lose Minnie?
1: No, I'm still.
3: Ahead. Oh, good. <laughs> sorry, I think I'm drunk. Okay. Hey, sorry, sorry. So that was just just to sum up. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so difficult. Well, it makes it so of. It's so It's so. I mean, it, it's the
0: exploitation of. It seems to me of of fear and of loneliness mm. and of social anxiety. And and of course, the lifestyle lifestyle advertising does that all the time. We're sold products that you know get, get use this shampoo and you'll 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 get the great relationship, etc. Those are always yeah. sort of the implied messages, right? But. It isn't usually at the expense of others, and that's what's so deeply disturbing to me about uh-huh. the whole about the whole industry. And yet, you know, th- thanks to you guys, there there does seem like there's a hopeful element. I I, I just I just I, I can't believe it works with anybody. That's what's just kind of mind boggling to me on on a certain level. I th- there's a line, and I think I can't remember whose name it was, but I think it might have been Marcus who said something about your you know your objective is not to to listen to the girls at all. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that just in and of itself a fundamentally damning statement? Isn't that enough, you know, for, for, for somebody to hear that and go, Wow, this guy's a lunatic. Yeah. You know, yeah. this guy doesn't have a, what what is he talking about? You know, I want a relationship here. I'm actually but but maybe maybe that's not what, what
3: really this well, is. Well I think
0: about. I think if you feel disempowered
3: and you feel like when somebody rejects you um, that that disempowers you. Then not listening to that rejection and not paying attention to it is one way of of trying to empower yourself right back. Right, it's Does one way of overcoming sense? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I, that, I think
1: what? Sorry, Karin. No, no, go on, go on. I was just going to say. Um, I, I think people don't realise that there's an alternative. I think that's that's nice. the real yep. main issue is that, that it seems to them like a choice between having no success with women ever or learning all these tricks to get successful with Right. Women. right. And, and that seems better than what they had and you know what I kind of empathize with that mm. you know because I think if I'd gone my whole life and no man had ever been interested in me and I thought it was something to do with me and then someone said oh here you go learn these tricks and suddenly you'll get a bit of interest I can't say that I wouldn't be interested to find out more about that too um so I, I, I can understand why people get sucked into it. And oh, I, I think t- totally. the thing is it's a slippery slope. They don't start by saying, Look, don't ever listen to anything a woman says ever, just treat her badly. That's that's not where they start with. They start with little things and then, you know, there's there's these huge seminars with um you know how groupthink works. Yeah. And if especially when these people are tend to be people that don't have the strength to, to stand out as an individual anyway. So, it can be a very dangerous combination.
0: It, it, make, it does make me wonder. I mean, you can't watch a film like this and, and not sort of put yourself into some of the, these folks' shoes and say, you know, how would I have responded? Would I have done something like this? I remember, Minnie, you'll appreciate this and probably smile... And I bet you've heard stories like this, but I remember, no joke, about 35 years ago, and I'm married and have two kids and in a loving relationship, believe me, and I'm at a club and I I send a woman a drink that that I sort of met on the dance floor by accident, right? And she she was like total rejection, uh, just not happening. I'll never forget my friend Rob sitting there, who I haven't seen in 20 years. And, and him him looking at me, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. Like, it was, like, this but, is a huge moment, right? Like, it's so stuck with me. And these moments but isn't of rejection. That, yeah, go. But isn't
3: you... that crazy? I mean, how long ago is this? Oh,
0: n- listen, I'm, I'm 53, so this is,
3: this is 30 years ago at least. This is my early it's, 20s. Isn't that crazy that you remember that moment so clearly? So I mean, that's, clearly. That's, yeah. I think that's the pa- that's that's the sort of power of being rejected. That's it is. The power of rejection. I, I have moments like that that I can remember from. I, it's, it's remarkable because it hurts so much. That's right. A, that's right. Yeah. You're so yeah. you're
0: so vulnerable going in. You've set up Inner. this expectation. Oh, if and only if I just need a little bit. It's about companionship, and well, mm. and this is what I find so interesting too. And and sadly, we're going to have to wrap up the conversation here in a second or two. And I just feel like we're getting started, but but. You know Andrew, one of the students, I think, near the end of the film you know he he actually admits, and I'm so glad you left this in the film, but I think he says it's you know it's rare when it works out. And, yeah. and and i think that's just we could have we could have talked about that for 45 minutes because that it seems to me becomes the launching point for all these other conversations about what's healthy and what isn't healthy when when dealing with other human beings right mm-hmm. and 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 how to address that i mean it's 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 uh, but yeah i think you're right that that kind of pain and rejection really does go deep it stays yeah and
1: the temptation is to you know bubble wrap your heart and and form this protective layer of of being somebody else around you um numbing yourself to to the pain of rejection um but the problem is that when you numb yourself to the pain of rejection you numb yourself to everything else because Mm. you can't just numb one feeling you can just numb your your feelings in general um Mm. so then you also lose joy and love and all the other things that come with it and you just become pathological
0: everything everything exactly what everything comes with a cost
1: yes which is exactly what paul janka says and you know but there is an antidote and the antidote is love and that's exactly what paul janka found and as a result you know left the industry and moved on to better things and and that's something that that you can teach as as a dating mm-hmm. coach is that you can teach people how to love themselves and, and and develop strength to deal with things rather than protect themselves from it.
0: Well, and for me, the huge takeaway is you learn to love yourself when you're surrounded by others who care and love for you in return, right? It's about community. It's about acceptance. It's about empathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is the profound insight, it seems to me, in the film. Hey, just before we wrap up, have, have um, I'd love to, and I hear the hot dogs reception was great, which is so cool. Have any any of the people in the film seen it yet? yes and only um, me
3: oh <laughs> <laughs> so Minnie has obviously seen it yes of uh, course Paul, Paul, Paul Janka yeah. has seen it as well um, so Paul is the Paul was very very big in the in the kind of pickup scene uh, back in 2007 2008 he used to live in New York and he kind of operated out of there um, he's now he's now left it behind him and he's he's settled down he's got married and um so he his his perspective is kind of looking back on it in the right. documentary so he's seen it and the um there's kind of an insider there's a marketing insider in the documentary as well um his name is michael in the documentary it's not his real and then we've had to protect his identity but he's also seen it
0: hmm. um
3: So yeah, would be fascinating.
0: Fascinating to find out what some of these uh, other uh, pickup artists, if we can even call them artists, um, um, would 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 have to say or or think about the film. I love this notion of bubble wrapping your heart, Minnie. I think that's a great way to sort of wrap it up. I I uh, and I've, I've I've always get frustrated. Always often get frustrated in my interviews, my podcasts on face to face because I feel like uh we like i said we just got started this this should be this this perpetual conversation because it doesn't really end does it i mean it's this relationships are tricky things and yeah. uh mm-hmm. thank you to you both we've been talking with minnie lane and matthew o'connor about their new film the pickup game uh hopefully coming soon to a theater near you matthew can you tell us a little bit more about that we, we want to keep uh, pay pay attention to instagram facebook uh, page as well F- find you guys on social media are you doing a bit of a festival
3: tour Uh, yep. So, we we I mean, we just finished hot dogs a couple of weeks ago, so we're we're kind of in the early stages of figuring out what the next piece of the puzzle is. But, um, you know, if people are interested in kind of keeping track of the film, we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's it's quite new, but it's it's the pickup game on Facebook. Um, and on Instagram, we have an Instagram account which is the pickup game film. And Minnie, I'm sure, can also she she has um has her own kind of channels if people would like to to kind of follow up with her or communicate with her
1: uh yeah my instagram is mini lane dating um my twitter is mini lane coach i think i believe i don't even know my on twitter um my website is uh mini hyphen
0: excellent well listen let's all try to avoid bubble wrapping our heart in every possible way uh <laughs> thank, thank you to you both Minilane lane and matthew o'connor today thank on you. face to face talking about their new film the pickup game Mit navn er
3: Anders Mogentarder. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmannen. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skide skidetræt af alle de der podcaster og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af.
0: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have
1: den her vid